0: welcome everyone and welcome to kev i'm super excited for today's episode and i just want to do a little brief intro of kev so meet kev humphrey the mystical entrepreneur so today i am sure that we're going to dive into his extraordinary life as a seasoned entrepreneur but with that mystical twist inhaling hailing from the stunning landscapes of Devon, is that how I pronounce it? That's it. <laughs> and his journey began as a computer programmer, weaving his way through the labyrinth of information technology for nearly four decades. And I always love it when our backgrounds are just so diverse, that brings us to you know where we actually are today. And so I'm really excited that he'll be bringing, I'm sure, an enlightening blend of ancient wisdom with modern entrepreneurial insights. And so we might talk about dragons, you know, how you, I love the dragons maybe shamanism, maybe the art of transformation, and I have no doubt we'll find some connections with nature, hopefully the nature of who we are and what we are, and the mystical realm. So welcome Kev, how are you today?
1: Well, what a beautiful way to uh, introduce me, thank you very much. Uh, I'm I'm amazing, I'm feeling good and uh, good to meet you at last.
0: Yes, so good to meet And so one of the reasons amongst many, of course, I see that we have a lot of things in common. So, for example, our love for dragons, our love for the shamanic work and connection to nature. But I actually really love that you call yourself the English mystic as well. And that's actually a word that I've only recently really felt a strong connection to having a mystical life or the mystic's. So I wanted to ask, from your perspective, like, what does that mean to be a mystic, or what is mystical to you?
1: Yeah, it it came to me about three years ago. Uh, I was talking with one of my coaches, and I was sitting there going, "What do I? What do I call myself? I've I've got all of these gifts. You know, I've got this computer background that I've moved into shamanism, and Reiki, and Rahani and meeting dragons and guides and spirits and i'm like how do i describe that yeah. if i want to get out to the world and say here i am it's kev do i just call myself no, kevin humphrey so and many people do that and their names are quite powerful many people change their names and we were just sitting there going what sums it up what sums yeah. up all of those things uh mysticism <laughs> magical wizards and like, i don't want to be called a wizard and it's just mm-hmm. the word the word mystical just stuck yeah. and i was like well i'm english <laughs> so that's fairly obvious and so we just put the two words together and it's it like wow it's amazing and, and all the websites and everything was there and the username wasn't used by anyone else anywhere so mm. it's just like oh, that's that's meant to be it, it it came in so yeah for mystical for me is anything that's slightly out of the ordinary
0: mm. you know, yeah beautiful
1: dragons aliens healing spiritual stuff it it encompasses such a wide range so i I like it it doesn't stamp you in place.
0: yeah i like it too and i think that's that's a beautiful way of summarizing probably exactly the reasons i came to loving this work because it's not quite this it's not that it doesn't pigeonhole us anywhere and it just encompasses all of that energy but that being said you know given that you're such a well-versed practitioner and have many modalities i'm sure you know, do you think that saying the word "mystic" though gives people the idea that something does is not grounded in a reality or does not have a foundation or a way of how it's done? Like, do you feel that sometimes people think, "Oh, like that's just that's just magic," you know? It's not real. Like, what do you think about that?
1: I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, we we used that "mystic" from the sort of when I was in my youth in the 70s and 80s. Mystic was that's very strange person that sat in a room over a, a glass ball and they would tell you your future. There was this lady <laughs> called mystic Meg that was, okay. was there. And when I got the word mystic, I was like, no mm, am I starting to sound a bit like I'm a fortune teller or something? But most people I speak to understand the idea of mystic. And then I'll explain that yeah, it encompasses the Reiki. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, I've heard of Reiki. And then you mentioned shamanism, you know, Rahani. And then people are, you lose people a bit. They're not quite sure what that yeah. is.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah,
1: what once people um experience what it is, they listen to the drama or they listen to a meditation or they go on a, a journey or they have some healing, it, it then just people just inherently understand it, I find. Or most do. There's always mm-hmm. some that... Um, don't want to
0: <laughs> well yes and you know we, I'm sure you know as well we just can't work with those who don't want to believe right it's I love exactly. the saying I love the saying of if you you can't see or experience the magic if you don't believe in magic right if you <laughs> think you can you can if you think you can't you can not so I think we just forget about the people who are not intrigued <laughs> by the mystics
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: and leave them doing whatever they're doing
1: yeah, and it's interesting because I think the more that you put the message out, and the more consistent you are, and you do ground that into normal life, people do start to actually open up. I mean, recently had a Dragon Thunder summit, and there was thirty speakers on that, and a friend of mine, he's a very very normal, an accountant, and the rest of it, mm. and he there was just a spark there, and he watched yes. one of the speakers, and it and it opened his heart. To magic. And yeah. he now talks about dragons as less being some mythical creature and something. Maybe there is something there. And is he exploring it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good to leave him alone, but also keep sending little messages. <laughs>
0: yes, absolutely. And hey, so I resonate with that. So, I'm actually a chartered accountant. So, my background is actually business. So, I studied, or yeah. not just studied, but I worked over a decade in, in corporate in corporate finance, corporate strategy, transformation, all of that. So if you had asked and told me about the mystics, shamanism, the drumming, all of these things, you know, probably not that long ago, I would look at you dumbfounded and just say, yeah, that's (laughs) not for me. But there's always an element of people that are connected to it. And so in hindsight, I look back and I realize, for decades, probably since I was young, I've always loved dragons. I've always loved fairy tales. I've always loved the Harry Potters, the Golden Compass, you know, Chronicles of Narnia. Like, I've actually always loved that stuff. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about you. I feel, I think I might have read your bio on the website. I think you've been introduced to this world from a much younger age. Is that right?
1: Uh, well, initially, like most people, I, I, I followed the career route. So um, I, I was nearly four decades in information technology. Started as a coder sitting at my computer all day writing programs to do the things, and then the big world web came along and I was like, Oh, I need to jump into that. and so I spent a lot of time coding and then also went into project management and all the rest of it. Mm. And like many people, you go up that slippery ladder to the very top of your career and you get there and you look around and go, Oh mm, is
0: this it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, okay, so I made it in theory. Yeah. Um but why Why is there still this yearning for something else? And uh, as as a child, I was a mystical child, so I, I, my, I don't remember it. My my parents said I used to see horses and I'd see dragons in the bedroom, but I always remember that I used to see a lion and mm. um, I had a lion that used to, literally a full grown male lion with a great big mane would run up the stairs and turn the corner and, and it would leap at me whenever I was, I was sick or you know with disease and i'd imagine i'd hide under my duvet and the lion wouldn't get me but it, it never oh, actually wow. got. Me. jump at me
0: um, yeah and
1: many years later i was on a vipassana retreat and uh, this lion was in the garden and i was thinking oh some lions escaped from the zoo and in vipassana
0: <laughs> retreat big,
1: can't talk so i'm sitting there going mm, how do i tell anyone and it and then it looked at me and i'm like oh am i going to be breakfast and then i heard in my head it's me. I'm like, it's you. And I heard in my head again, I'm the the lion that used to attack you as a child, but I wasn't attacking you. I was attacking you with dis-ease. I was like, ah. So so that lion's now in in my shamanic temple and uh, he's one of my uh, body protectors.
0: Yeah. Isn't it incredible? It reminds me a lot of the story that uh, my husband was actually telling me he said for, I guess, for for a long time, he was dreaming of this bear chasing him, like always the same dream the bear was chasing him. And of yeah. course, you know, by that time, I'm, you know, working shamanically and everything. And at some point, I just paused and said, babe, did you ever think for once that that's actually just a part of you and it just wants to talk to you? And so I think <laughs> from, well, from then... And also the fact that I think it was maybe during his drum making or something, and he was noticing that bear presence come in. So I mm-hmm. think there was this aha moment that, oh, you know, the bear's not coming. You'll never get me. It's actually here to support us or support him and his journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder, Kev, since you know, both of you and I come from similar kind of corporate backgrounds, <laughs> what advice? what advice would you give people? how to start paying attention to the mystics is actually here knocking on your door like how do we give them that sense of these are the signs you know mm. that they're very much a part of our world not the ordinary world but very much part of our world what would you say
1: yeah i i, th- I think for me the for me i i had a huge awakening with a dragon coming in but most people i think if you look back through your childhood and what was the toy you played with the most mm. was it was it a snake or something like that and uh and i look back i had a snake and it's now one of my main guides like and, yeah. and, and when you look back the synchronicities through your life mm. quite they stand out so i would say the best thing for someone if, if you're really interested is sit down with a piece of paper and map out your life when you were born things you remember from your childhood what happened when you were a teenager, when you were 21? And, and obviously if, mm. if you're as old as I am and you've been here nearly six decades and you've got a <laughs> lot of life, but what are the main points, the changes in your life? And yeah. you'll see that synchronicity there and you'll go, oh, yeah, that was obvious and that, that happened. And mm. then if you're interested, just, just sit, don't have to meditate. I know sometimes meditation, some people is a bit, Ooh, but just sit in silence, listen yeah. to your breath and and literally invite your spirits in or your friends in or the mist. just invite the mystical in and just yeah listen and see if something wakens up maybe your sense of smell will waken up or maybe suddenly your hearing will, will go really amazing you'll hear the owl when we're not here it's just that being there in that moment because 'cause we're always in the past we're always yeah. in the future very rarely we hear just being here in that that moment and just pausing yeah just let it all come in that that yeah. that's the best advice i would say there's yeah. many other things to do that's a lot of doing if many just just being in the moments. great yeah
0: totally and i think that's you know that's a very very good way to start right just actually having a think about those milestones you know and as i said you know dragons were always there First time, I think the first time in in one of my shamanic trainings, we actually properly lied down to do a shamanic journey. Lo and behold, you know, it's Phoenix (laughs) that comes through and Phoenix has always been in my awareness. In fact, I had, you know, I had a tattoo of Phoenix, obviously it's very prominent in my culture as well. So I had this resonance with it. And so actually I remember the first time that I did uh, the journey and Phoenix came, it was almost like, oh no, you know, that's just so cliche, you know, like, of course it's going to (laughs) come. But that yeah. isn't that just it. It's like the doors and the veils are actually so thin that when you actually put some conscious intention, they just want to come through right away. Did you find that yeah. as well?
1: Yeah, I, I think you're when you when it happens when you you truly believe it, then all of those times you think, oh, that was then that, and you you realize they were knocking on the door for a yeah. lot of time. And you just had your ears and your eyes shut, and then you they they open. And you're like, oh yeah this about the hundredth time they've come knocking at last yeah and then the spirits wherever they are are very happy that you've just opened the door a little bit maybe you've not gone into it and become a mystic and the rest of it but just that that slight connection is is beautiful
0: yeah yeah, absolutely okay so we're talking a lot about dragons I'm feeling like maybe they (laughs) want (laughs) to say something how did you meet the dragons
1: Well, as I say, my, my, my parents say that as a child, I used to see dragons and horses in in the bedroom and dragons and horses are now very big in my life. I, I don't remember that, but I remember the lion, but yeah, I mean, for me, dragons were always just like dinosaurs or something. I never thought about it and it never came to me at all. Um, but one day I was out riding on the horse that I'm human to, um, I think at that time I'd worked out how many times we'd ridden, but it was in the thousands. And she's like a big shy, a big solid girl, you know, afraid of nothing—tractors, combine harvesters, helicopters, loud noises, balloons. She's like, yeah, whatever, who cares? Just keep, Mm. yeah. We wonder we were going this normal ride that we go on, and it's a nice little hack where you just go gently, and then there's a field where you can go galloping around, and she always gets very excited. But there's like a a little alleyway that you have to go through between some fields and yeah. this day she wouldn't go there she was like i'm not going there i'm like okay so you've seen something i i can't see so we went the long way around when they're charging around like you do galloping mm. across the countryside hot and sweaty after maybe a half an hour of doing that we were heading back and rather than go the long way i thought well let's let's try going through this alleyway the other way and she was mm. like i'm not going there and i'm like why maybe there's a shadow that she's seen, and it looks like it's something I, I couldn't see it. So that, yeah. and I was like, I had this inner feeling that I should ask. So mm-hmm. I rather pathetically, said, uh, Who's there? <laughs> you know? and, and I was like, No, no, ask. what well, like, you mean it. So, you, you know, when you're feeling like, Oh, I've got to get some courage. So I sort of yeah, yeah, pulled yeah. this courage yeah. from, my, from my solar plexus all the way up to my heart, to my throat. I was like, right who's there <laughs> i felt a bit stupid and i was like well it's only me and my horse it's fine it's fine yeah. there's no one here and then there was this shimmer and i I'm, and i was like oh <laughs> very serious look i was like oh what's that and it, a shimmer appeared and it, and it looked like it looked like a tail mm. but it was like a tree and i'm like oh, i've lost the plot then it became a a, a big leg and then a body, then a huge wing, then another leg, and then a neck, and then this head. And I looked at it, and I've got my my dragon head here but I burned my mm. incense This big dragon head, uh, and for a millisecond, I felt its presence, and it, it was like I'm just watching you. I was like,
0: Ooh.
1: yeah. By that time, my horse was absolutely like total fear. She's like spun around. I'm almost fall off hold on to her neck and we, we literally gallop home
0: mm.
1: uh, <laughs> we get there and somebody says what happened what happened I was like I, was like, I can't take this you. I just saw a dragon so like, oh she probably I think she saw a monster in in the shadows mm. and I didn't tell anyone for about three days I eventually told my two business coaches and they looked at me with a look that was like mm, okay Kevin <laughs> uh,
0: but were you already into the shamanic work by then like you were uh, no
1: I I wasn't. I'd heard of, I'd heard of Reiki and the rest of it, and I've done, done some Reiki, but charminism okay, okay. hadn't found me by then. So I, I was like, I don't know what to, um, I've lost the plot. I must okay. have lost psychic moments. You know, my brain's gone. And then about six months later, I was at a conference about uh, property development and investing and all the rest of it. And there was a lady there whose presence, there was something about her. I thought, mm, I need to speak to her. And she came and sat down at the table Mm. and uh I, I i don't know why but i was like i just started chatting to her i was like i said do you know dragons she's <laughs> i do i work them all the time i'm a shaman and uh, i'm in wales and i work with the dragons all the time I was like, wow okay
0: mm, i could just feel all the shivers on my body like yeah. as you're saying that I said,
1: will, cool. you, will you be okay i said will you be my teacher she's like yeah of course cool. mm. so she became my, my first shamanic teacher and uh, introduced me to the dragons properly. I went to Wales where you've got the red dragon.
0: Mm. And, uh, she blew,
1: blew into my heart the, the dragon energy. And yeah. So from that point onwards, the dragons became strong in my life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Talk about an initiation into shamanism, huh?
1: <laughs> mm, well, no, it was a bit. I think the dragon came along was like, come on, get that soul woken up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So isn't that? fascinating to really see the evidence of how our ordinary world like our horses you know like Mm -hmm. are really actually present and aware of these energies and creatures from other dimensions I think that people sometimes really need to see experience that for themselves before they believe do you think that because sometimes you know they could just be oh yeah I can imagine the dragons right like Mm -hmm. I haven't had this visceral experience where i see it you know in my 3d i haven't seen any shimmers but it's like i can feel their energy and when i first started connecting with it as well it's also like i don't know i don't know right because it's like you have nothing to you have no frame of reference to compare it to at least maybe you knew what a dragon looked like so you can see that okay that was the dragon's leg or the head so do you feel that sometimes you know with the shamanic work that people? literally need to have that direct experience which is what you know shamanism can be for them to Mm -hmm. believe that there is these other realms and other worlds
1: i I think so i think i think the person that can go on a shamanic journey and see it and feel it with like their their essence or their third eye is is fairly rare um the people i teach i always try to take them on a journey fairly early on and get them used to that to that whole process of a shamanic journey and realising that even though it feels imaginary, it's it's, it's real.
0: Mm. And,
1: and it takes a while for people to... Because like you say, there is no frame of reference at all. Mm. So you think your dream's a dream and you think that what you're imagining on a shamanic journey is, is imaginary, but it's not until... You've done it a few times. Something just clicks, and, and then yeah. you start to truly believe it. And then, when you truly believe what's going on in that other realm, that's when you can become the true shaman stand in the middle with half of you mm. in the imagination and the other half in what we call reality. And then you mm. can pull the two together. And then, after a while, you start walking your life in both worlds, and yeah. then they start to merge and mix and People then. I see dragons now all the time. Mm. I look at the clouds, and I'm like, "Are you there?" And then the, the clouds will move around, and there'll be a big dragon up there. Or mm. I'll see it in the mountains, the mountain. I'll be looking at the mountain, and then the the light will change, and the shadows are changing, and, and then there'll be a huge dragon in the mountain. And yeah. I've got uh, a nephew that used to see them all the time, and he's now moved yeah. to that age where he's less seeing them. But children are so innocent; they see them. Adults, yeah. like you saying earlier. If you don't believe in magic, you don't get to see the magic. Mm. If you don't believe in dragons, you don't see them. If you don't believe in fairies, you don't see them. If you don't believe in elves, you don't see them. If you believe mm. in them, then they think, oh, that that human's open to us, and it sort of opens something in your eyes. Somebody said to me, "You see one percent of the light spectrum."
0: Yeah, so yeah. In the
1: other ninety nine percent.
0: Really, Go. you know, I mean, we our consciousness is whatever percent we only see so much, mm. we only hear so much. But, yep. you know, this this thing of even just awakening, awakening, activating our our mystic, <laughs> mystic self, you know, sometimes I say that it's like somewhere along that journey of growing up, we just lose it. Like, I don't think my childhood had any magic. I I mean, like, you know, family wise and culturally, we just don't have that. And so right. I feel like that part of me was never cultivated, never nurtured. Mm. Um and some people you know maybe in your case as a child it was very much there and then somewhere along the line something gets awakened so do you feel that in the collective now there's just much more of these frequencies and more of these maybe beings who are here to help us and so seeing that more people are open to it and experiencing the connection from the other side
1: i think so I, I think that if we call it a veil, <laughs> I think the veil is thinner. There's certain times of the year on the portals, the portal and 8th portal where it definitely is thinner, but it seems to be thinner now. Um, so when I'm mm. teaching people to go on a shamanic journey, sometimes it, it used to take people two or three attempts to, to really get that out of their head. But people, yeah. are, I think, are more awake to it. We're, we're seeing, obviously, there's, there's so many different films, aren't there, where the, there's magic in it. And I think people are intrigued by magic and I think people are mm. starting to sort of, that, because of the whole COVID thing, people had time to be with themselves mm. and less noise and of the whole, the way society pushes them. So a lot of people went with what happened, but a lot of people also mm. just stopped and went, hold on a second. going to think for myself a bit here, and I think that's what's happened that people are thinking a bit more for themselves and they're thinking maybe that's not, a story maybe that maybe there's some truth in that and i think people are a bit more open to being investigative for themselves that's that's what i'm finding people come along with a bit more of an open heart rather than i don't believe in magic that's rubbish or like maybe there's something here that little gap that little gap (laughs) opens up so much quickly you
0: know Mm. just
1: people are i think people are, are more open or there's a percentage of people that are more open.
0: Yeah. Well, look, there's, and probably, you know, they're resonating with us. If we're open, hopefully we're attracting the clients and students who are also open. I certainly don't want to, you know, really try to convince someone. Like I think I've, you know, given up on that. Like I'm not here to convince you there's (laughs) magic. (laughs) So, um, but I I definitely do notice this. uh, I'm just going to call it awakening energy. I know this word has, you know, many meanings, but You know, that inquiry for self, because I, like Mm -hmm. you, had that feeling of, you know, getting to the top somewhere, you know, in a corporate ladder and then just realizing, wait, this has zero fulfillment over here in the heart center. (laughs) So there must be something more. And I really hope that people ask the big questions Is this it? Is this Mm -hmm. what life should feel like? Is there something more? Is there magic? What is this I'm experiencing? And Mm -hmm. whether or not they know the veils are thin, I think what I see happening is lots of people are starting to ask questions, you know, as you said, that inquisitive part and maybe hopefully thinking for themselves. I see the energy of, you know, stuff coming up for people and yep. the brave and courageous will ask the right questions in looking at, well, what does that mean? What does that mean yep. about me in relation to whatever's happening in their life? So I hope, I hope that this is what's happening in the world, you know, that people, I'm not attached to them, you know, needing to wake up to the magic, but just hopefully getting to understand a deep part of themselves through whichever portal, whichever gateway it is. Yeah. Because um, I'm sure maybe you also notice like so many people now maybe working for themselves, changing their life paths, actually building businesses for themselves because they want to be free from the system. And so on that note, let's talk a bit about entrepreneurship, Um, you know, as a, as a solo entrepreneur as well. And in, in, conscious business, I feel it's um, it can be challenging. It can be challenging. What, what can you share about, I guess, being in this, in this kind of work, spiritual work, service work and business? Like, yeah. What are your thoughts about that?
1: I I first got into entrepreneurship, and I think like many people, because I'd had enough of being bossed around. I think and being told exactly what I must do and couldn't do and should do, and having to book all those holidays and get everything authorised. It just felt it mm-hmm. got to that stage in my career where I was just like, I've had enough of this 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 control stuff. I, I want freedom. and um, yes. So yeah, and I think like many of us. That are on maybe a mystical path we don't know we are and i think entrepreneurship is one of the of what i've seen is one of the biggest awakeners for people because mm. as you step into entrepreneurship you, you've you left the comfort and the safety and all of those things that that gives you and in, as you step out of it you you drop a lot of expectations on, on you and it just i've had my mind to hold on a second I thought there was only this way I had to go I was going to make a million I was going to drive a sports car but actually there's there's so many avenues there's so many other jobs out there that I didn't even know existed that are that they they make my my heart warm rather mm-hmm. than just put money in my and, I, and then that's the hard part then is like I need some money to pay the bills but I don't need as much as I had in corporate so where, yeah. where's the balance and that was the bit for me was the hardest part. It took me probably from first thinking about uh nearly ten years of being in the mainstream mm-hmm. working for the corporates and the bosses, but also doing lots of stuff to set myself free yeah and it was the i I tried lots of different things i i i I was selling cookies at one point and weight loss stuff I was in affiliate marketing um I tried to buy and sell houses, I tried to buy and sell land.
0: Wow. Course, you really like tried it all.
1: yeah it's like, I need to figure out where where's my groove. And every each one was a bit it was okay, but it didn't it didn't make my heart sing. And then we got into Reiki and then Rahani and, and shamanism, and I was like, oh no second. Like, I'm really enjoying this part, and I did a lot of healings and that really was beautiful. And I was like but I actually, I feel a bit like I'm just giving people fish and I want to teach them to fish. And that was when I thought, yes. how do I do that? Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. when I, I did my shamanic diploma. And that that whole process turned me from uh, someone playing and practicing more with myself and some friends to actually, I'm going to take this seriously. And it's a, it is a career. It's a life yeah. choice. really. Um, yeah. And that that move takes a while and it and it there is a point where you do have to leap Yes, yeah, mm. uh, <laughs> yeah yeah lots of people leap and they build the plane on the way down I tried that I failed I found that doing it slowly transitioning slowly works and that's what yeah. I did for every year before last and yeah, that's, that's
0: interesting I like yeah. this like build the plane as you're coming down I think that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I think I jumped out of the plane a few years ago and refused to get into another one, but I'm like, okay, okay, how fast can I build this? (laughs) But, you know, as you said, I think what you said about it, when you step into entrepreneurship and probably maybe even in a more amplified way, when you step into like a spiritual kind of work, Mm. right? Conscious business and being of service, it really pushes you forward into looking at your shit and all the stuff that comes up, you know, in in building, in building business. But do you, do you also see, so when you see that, you know, we don't have to make our million bucks, you know, in in a certain way, Mm -hmm. even on this path of spiritual entrepreneurship, I often see that, you know, with, with us healers or practitioners, you know, it's like, You do the one on one, you scale to one to many, maybe you add on retreats and group things. Like, do you also see that sometimes there's a little bit of a mold of the way in which solo entrepreneurs can actually grow and scale?
1: Yeah, I think there is. I think people are, biggest problem I found at the beginning was people are expecting everything to be free. And Mm. there's quite a lot, there are a lot of, spiritual people that are happily doing that because it's just a hobby mm. so that was the hardest part for me was to extract myself from that and say no there, there's a there needs to be a fee not necessarily always money but there needs to be an energy exchange yeah and that, that, was, that was one of the important bits i i found that just for me to then with confidence say i you know, i need to charge you for this yeah um, I sort of gone off track there. I lost the way I was going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I was asking about whether you see that there's this similar pathway that a lot of the spiritual entrepreneurs are going, whether you saw there might be a different path or different ways of how to do it, even though we all do similar things being in service.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, you're right. There is a particular path and, and and all the teachers are teaching us to follow that path. Mm-hmm. And i've i've been on lots of different trainings and i've heard lots of different ways of doing it and how you should be on social media and how you should be on camera or it. H- having gone through all of that and i have to say, probably tried all of them because i'm a very good student and then i'll just chat myself and try it i think what happens in the end you get to a stage where you come out the other side of all the bing and do 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 do, do this do this mm-hmm. do that and, and you almost get to a point where you're like Oh, well I need a rest and you stop and then yeah. things work better for you when you stopped all the doing and you, you I realise that if you be you and you be in a place where you listen to what maybe your guides want or the universe wants mm. you stop thinking about what you think people want and you start asking what do people want and I did a lot of that and my Reiki and my shamanic healings and the rest of it weren't particularly successful and it was a lot of pushing it on people Mm. and then i stopped and i slowed down a bit like you're saying dragons were with you all the time Like, okay what where am i and where do i want to be and actually what why am i here i've I've got all these skills now but why am i truly here yeah what's the next step what's the next moment and then the dragons came to me i've got three main dragons and they were like right I think you're ready and i was like okay so it's like everything else has been training and you've done well sort of thing But uh, mm. next we this is what we want you to do and it was like create a dragon summit I'm like, what, yes. what you to create a worldwide dragon summit and i was like i don't know anyone else that works with dragon maybe two people they're like and they're now all. how
0: many do you know and now how many do you know kev
1: 60 70. isn't
0: yeah. that amazing
1: so they said, leave it to us and i did they said do the technical bit because we can't sit at a computer do that bit and mm. we'll attract all those beautiful people to you and, and it's people just came out of the woodwork like how did yeah. you hear about me I'm not quite sure somebody said about you and yeah you know, the summit is there and the reason we're now talking is that so yeah exactly. I, I think there is, there is a whole load of things what you should do but then there's what actually do you need to be doing and your your spirit team already know and it's just yes. a case of stopping again, a bit like at the very beginning, stopping and just being there in that moment and listening and saying, mm. "What is the next step?" Rather than planning that three, five, ten-year plan, you still need yeah. to have some sort of plan, But really, ask I I now ask my guides, "What's the next step?"
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And they'll go, "This or what? that." All they say, "Don't just let it flow."
0: We've got to do all the unprogramming, you know, deprogramming from our corporate life of having goals and, you know, five-year plans and 10-year plans, but they're, you know, most of the time, even in corporate, as soon as you approve something, you know, something's got to change anyway. So how is that different than our plan? I suppose, like, I see it more like the vision, you know, the vision of what it is that I'm aspiring to, and maybe the pathways to get there are constantly changing, maybe even up-leveling, and I trust that. And I'm sure you'll agree with me that, you know, this thing of asking our guides, it's actually the deep listening, the deep trusting. Once we establish this connection, it's like, well, if you, you have to practice what you preach, practice what you teach, which is I'm teaching, Mm -hmm. you're teaching people to connect to spirit, to connect to their guides. So if we're not listening to the guides, then we're not being good students, are we? (laughs) And, And all of these things about entrepreneurship, you know, like, I, I probably haven't done as much as you and experimented as much, but I do feel like I feel, I feel that deep listening is telling me sometimes when I see the model in front of me, you know, what I said before, one-to-one and one-to-many one and then ad retreats. It's like, ah, oh, there must be a different way. Like this cannot be the only way, but because so many people, AKA so much collective energy is doing it that way. There's a lot of energy. But then if yeah. I have my deep listening, it's already telling me, like, sure, there's many people who will succeed in this way, but it's not the way how I'm going to do it. And I don't even know how it's going to unfold yet. And I feel like all my connections and things now, it's like showing me and they're just yeah. telling me just, just, you know, meet this person, continue your podcast. Uh, OK, start your whatever, you know, Kajabi or whatever and just do it because I suppose in the following in the surrendering to whatever the guides are saying assuming that you know you discern that there for your uh highest good (laughs) then then we will we will see the magic unfolding won't we and hindsight is is always uh 2020 but it's that development and the trust Mm -hmm. of the vision and the foresight because we just don't know like if if that crystal ball you know whether (laughs) it was her name mystic meg told us our future like wouldn't that just take out the wonder of the world? Like there's a bit of that magic that we actually need to live and enjoy, don't you think?
1: I agree. Yeah, I, I, I think for many of us, we think there's a path set out for us, and that gets some. There's some people think it's the way it is when they come out of college, you got to do this, you got to get married, you got to, get to have kids, yes. you blah blah blah, you know, work for forty years, retire, play golf there's that is that thread isn't there i mean don't don't break everyone's
0: dreams kev you're shattering everyone's dream
1: (laughs) As an entrepreneur you step out of that and go ah right there's some freedom and then and then the next step is just like you say is to almost give control over but you're not it's the word surrender isn't it surrendering to what your life's path is surrendering to what your guides can help you with but i'm almost making it sound like i'm now giving it over to everything to the guides, but it's not that they're, they're there. I, I see them as my counsel. So yes. I'll come along and I'll get some feelings and some thoughts and I'll say, these are all the 10 different things and I'll sit with them and go, what feels right that we should be doing next? And then I'll come along with an 11th one, <laughs> go, mm. no, this is what you need to be doing. Uh, yeah. But you choose to do it. Do you want to do it? You, yeah. you, does it resonate with you? And, and you can say no. And that's yeah. the great thing about it. Um, It is the trust. The more, the more you do it. It's like anything. The the more you trust it. Um. One of the things I say to people, if you're not, if you if you start to get that feeling, ask for things. That, for example, it's December. Say and say, can I see a butterfly? I've done that a few times because butterflies in my life. And and then they're like, I'm like, I got you now because you can't show me a butterfly. And then the next thing I open on Instagram. Is someone talking about butterflies? And I okay, I got you. You're using technology with me, not not a physical butterfly. Yeah.
0: And yeah.
1: you can ask for you can ask for signposts. So if you're not sure, if you're saying I've got this two choices, which which one shall I do? Mm. You can ask the spirits, the guides, your ancestors, God, goddesses, whoever it is you want to talk to as as being the the, the being that's out there. You can say to them, assist me, please, please mm. assist me. And they will. But you have to again, get them to that moment of just being there and really listening. And I've yeah. got some guides that help me listen, some guides that provide wisdom and some other guides that provide me with foresight, vision to see. And I ask them to come in and sit with me and go, this is what we're doing today. Can you assist me?
0: Mm. And,
1: and they do. You just get a little nudge. And I also use a pendulum that swings backwards and forwards and yes or no and and, and yeah because your body knows there's lots yeah, of things absolutely. you can
0: do. yeah great tips and I think these are the things you know like if people are just making the conscious decision to want to be helped to want to discover this world to want to discover themselves more then mm-hmm. there'll be a plethora of tools and guides and people who will step forward and help um and and free will like i like the point that you're also mentioning about this right like even when presented with choices at the end of the day nobody's forcing us if we want to not listen to our guides you know it's it's free will and we can either take the quickest and shortest path to wherever it is that we you know the highest destiny path that we can be on or we can go the hard way you know and sometimes it's really painful when i watch others take a longer path but you know that's my maybe it's one of my very human things to also surrender to say hey not my life you know if they want to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> you just got to let yeah. them
1: yeah we all we've all done it we've all taken a detour on our life's uh, path yes. and yes that, that's what it's about isn't it i think they're, oh, they're, all I part of the learning a, yeah exactly i often see a little red thread that sort of runs through when i look backwards and think yeah that that was the path yeah, I, I wandered off for a year there and i came back and Yeah, I don't necessarily see it in the future. i just see now the next step, which is great.
0: Yeah, I guess, you know, just because we're human, we almost need to have these experiences, have these wandering offs, like we're curious souls, you know, we want to have experiences. And sometimes the experience is, oh, I needed that setback to really slap me back onto path. And to be honest, Mm -hmm. I'm just grateful I perked up and listened when I did you know i I don't think i could have lasted many more years uh in my corporate job mind you i'm saying it like it was terrible i had amazing experiences i learned so much i'm i have lots of you know skills and things that i I deeply value and appreciate but from a spiritual growth and evolution perspective i think thank you moving on yeah (laughs) so uh, i guess before we wrap up i wondered are there any of your guides that are present and want to share anything with the audience? Just having a feel for that.
1: You can tap in. Yeah, they're all, they're all quite noisy. I'd say my main one is um a beautiful cobra, mm. and uh, that was the one where I had a snake as a child and and when I met the cobra on the on a journey as as like finding my main guide mm. it, it connected my childhood with my adulthood and it connected me to my inner child mm. and I th- what I'm gonna get in the message is that many of us are ignoring our inner child yeah playful joyous being that just finds delight in dandelions and rain and jumping in puddles and as we get more mature we we leave that behind Mm. that connection to to my little snake and my little rubber snake and now this the cobra sort of connected my childhood Mm. and I now look back on that and think i need to do that more yeah, and I often do that. While, if I'm going for a walk on my own, you know, I'll, I'll jump in a puddle, <laughs> I'll get muddy legs, or or I'll go hug a tree and do all the things that, as a child, you you just love to do. Mm. And I think that's the message I'm getting from, from my Cobra Guide is is to do that, become become a bit more childlike, mm. have, a, yeah. have a moment where you drop adulthood. <laughs> Yes. And go be a child again for a moment and reconnect with your inner child and love your inner child because it's still running your life it's in there 100 oh, percent yeah just just feel that connection and see see what that brings you
0: yeah beautiful well i want to tell you something funny i'm wearing <laughs> i don't know if you can see it i'm actually yeah, wearing yeah. my snake ring <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so he must have tuned into the energy <laughs> yeah beautiful and um this is an aspect you know i also deeply resonate with i was so busy adulting most of the time you completely forget that sure we have this magical childlike innocence within us Mm -hmm. and i hope that that aspect of every one of the listeners now you know that reconnect to rekindle as you said because it's alive in us maybe tucked away maybe hidden away maybe scared You know, so and that's, I feel like that's the part of me also that just loved this magic. Oh my God, you know, this is real. It's actually feeling like this is real and real and however it shows up in our life. So you saw, you know, the shimmer in the fields and lost the plot. You know, I had another encounter (laughs) with all my guys, but whatever it is. You know, I feel like it's that innocence and magic that needs to be there, that spark that allows us to, you know, spark even more magic and wonder in our lives. Thank you for bringing that message through. All right. I do want to share where we can find Kev after this amazing chat. So I know that Kev is on a mission to guide others along this path of self-discovery and healing. And his business offers online courses in shamanism, helping people connect with their dragon guides, providing transformative shamanic healings over Zoom. And so I think Mondays and Wednesdays, you have courses. Is that right, Kev?
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. And you have monthly shamanism healing webinars and also the dragon talk. So everything can be found on his website, which I Mm -hmm. will drop it into the show notes, (laughs) englishmystic.co.uk.
1: and dot com now as well
0: and dot com amazing so yeah like i'm fully in in tune with all of this mysticism magic and shamanic work and also the deeply transformative arts like i think the world needs more people like you to help all of us to remember our magic and wonder and our true selves and to really bring our gifts into the world so that we can all feel this freedom and way of being so thank you so much for being here. And if you have anything you'd like to add or say to the audience, please feel free.
1: It was beautiful talking to you. Uh, yeah, just find me on, on the website. I'm always available. Um, if, if anyone's around in England and wants to come down to Devon and uh, go for a walk on Dartmoor and meet the Elementals there, then then let me know. I always love doing that.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. And we'll chat very soon. Cool.